Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Scott. And I'm Mike. And, and this, this is Craft Root Sports. Sports. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Craft Brood Sports. I am your co-host Scott, and with me as always is Mike, and this is Craft Brood Sports, where we like our beer, where we like our sports, with balls. <laughs> you switched it on me. I, I didn't did. expect that. <laughs> I did. I thought it would be funnier and more out of the way to uh, just hit you with it. That was great. That was a good one, man. Uh, hockey fans don't like that intro. No, <laughs> they're no. not happy about that. There's no balls in hockey. <laughs> but you know what? Still a very accurate intro for us. Very accurate. <laughs> What's going on, bud? Nothing, man. My parents are in town this weekend, so I had a... Parents an, weekend yeah. here on Craft Root Sports. <laughs> I had a nice drinking fest with my dad before the show starts. So I'm already like mid-show zone. Fantastic. Like, listening to our shows, I'm always like, oh, okay, we're like, we get into it. Like, you can tell where we start to get the buzz. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is where the show is fun. So for Mike, it's right off the bat, I'm folks. already there, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I started early for everybody. Pay attention early and often on this one. Yeah, because I'm going to be slurring my words, and I'm, I won't know what to say. It's going to be <laughs> it's gonna be me being really stupid on this episode. And it's a good episode to be stupid on because we got a great beer this uh, week. Uh we do. Shout out to Cleveland! Yes. This is for you! <laughs> oh! We said it last week. We said if Cleveland won game seven, we would drink Edmund Fitzgerald Porter. So that's what we got. Congratulations, so, yes, Cleveland. This one's for the Cavs. Cheers to the Cavs for winning it, bringing it back to Cleveland. And all of Northeast Ohio. Oh, my God. They needed it so bad. They so did. this is, uh, yeah, Edmund Fitzgerald Porter from Great Lakes Brewing Company. Scott, you've never had this before, right? Uh, I have not, although Great Lakes makes one of my absolute favorite beers in Christmas Ale. Oh, Every man. year I get a case of Christmas Ale Christmas without Ale fail. Christmas fantastic. Oh, so good. And you know what? It changed my life one time. Uh, Alex, <laughs> um, on the hockey episode, uh, we were out one time, and he had ordered uh, Christmas sale on tap, and I never had it on tap. And they put cinnamon and sugar on the rim of the glass. Oh my god! <laughs> I know. And I was like, "Yeah, that's kind of gay looking. I don't know about you know having that. That's <laughs> that's not something that you, I think you man should be drinking." And he's like, "No, dude, it's really good." So I tried it one time. 
Life-changing. Yeah? Life-changing. Oh, my God. See, here's the thing about their Christmas ale. I used to love it until I found other breweries' Christmas ales. See, I'll still uh, try other Christmas ales because I, I like to think that there's something else better that I'm missing out on just in case, but I always come back to it. Yeah? Always your, come back to it. That's your go-to Christmas ale. It is. I love it. And so that's the only thing that I've drank um, by Great Lakes besides really? until now. Yeah. That's all you've had? You haven't had the Dortmund nope. or Gold or... Nope. The Elliot Ness. No. Commodore Perry. No, I've seen all of them, and I almost wow. just like, nah, I'm good. Which is funny because I don't, I almost disassociate Christmas Ale from the rest of them. It's like Christmas Ale's there, and then you have all the rest of the beers. And I don't know why. It wasn't until we, I just looked at the label, and I was like, oh shit, that's right, Christmas Ale. <laughs> Great Lakes Brewing. I completely forget. You forget that I just, they, like, they make other beers. Yeah, so, no, it's no, almost like they just around once a year. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's all they do. They're just like Santa Claus. <laughs> One time a year, they deliver great beer, and then the rest of the year, no idea. But no, I always see all of the Great Lakes, and they have, I think, awesome labeling on all of their They their do beers. have some really good artwork on, like the, it does, on the bottles. It does make you want to get it. I just never have, for whatever reason. I think this, I mean, this beer, initial tasting is solid on this one. I think it's a little smokier than I remember it being. So I don't know if it's a different recipe this time around or what. Um, but I think this porter is, it's one of my favorite porters. Shout out to Gordon Lightfoot. For <laughs> Edmund Fitzgerald reference. Uh, but this beer, we mentioned it on the last episode. Uh, the American Home Brewers Association released their top beers in the country of 2016. And Edmund Fitzgerald did hit the list. I don't remember offhand what it was, but it was like, I think it was like top 30 hmm. uh, on the list. So it's in the top 50 beers that beer drinkers really uh, appreciate. As a matter of fact, uh, looking at the scores from a, cuff- a couple different sites, it's got an average of 95 hmm. out of 100. So it's a solid ranked beer. Really good flavor on Seriously, this one. Though, I love the name. I, I don't know, every, every northern <laughs> Ohio child... The Edmund Fitzgerald is like burned in your mind. I don't know about you, but every oh, yeah. year, growing November, up in Youngstown. Oh yep. man, every yeah. year in November, we not only had to hear the song, but you had to relearn the history every year. Like you forgot, <laughs> uh, you know. And it was well, just we didn't one have of those to do things. that. That's kind of weird. Yeah, it was. It, some of my teachers weird. got really into it. I remember my seventh grade teacher. Like, I mean, that song's not short. No. We I'm had to pretty sit there sure, and just listen to it. And I'm pretty like, sure uh, radio DJs would put that on when they had to shit. It was like, <laughs> they put that on and then like Stairway to Heaven back to back. And they'd be like, it's shit break time. So it became just a running <laughs> joke with like me and a bunch of my friends every year. Just be like, hey, it's the anniversary. Pour some up. Edmund Fitzgerald came up. <laughs> really, really funny for uh, Northern Ohio kids because of that, but. So yeah. far, really, really good beer. You said it's got a coffee taste, right? You're it, tasting a little bit of coffee it flavor does. to it. It does. When I first took a sip, my first thought was, this reminds me of the coffee brown ale that we had. From Mount Carmel. Yeah, and it stuck around through, which is weird. I don't know how much, how, how long that'll last, but it definitely has yeah. a coffee flavor to it if you're into that. For I think a lot of porters beer. have a little bit of a coffee flavor to them. I think that's kind of a, a staple with the porters. I think a lot of times it's not as pronounced, uh, but I I could see that in this in this bottle. I definitely could see a little bit of coffee flavor. So, uh, but yeah, I, Edmund Fitzgerald Porter. That's our salute to the Cavs. Uh, and with that, let's, let's throw a jacket. Well, no better place to start than 
the NBA Finals. The Cavs completed the epic comeback to win the NBA championship in Game 7 over the Warriors. And if you didn't know, and how could you not, this was the Cavs' first title in Cleveland's first championship in 52 years. 52 years. Since the Browns won the NFL championship in 1964. So we tip our caps to Cleveland, the Cavs fans everywhere. Cheers. And yes, cheers to you guys. And now it's wait and see mode with LeBron, although he did come out at the... uh, the parade and the celebration and say he had no plans on leaving Cleveland, but he's going to leave everything up to his agent. Yeah, which means he's going to decline that option and hope for a big-time deal. Yeah, he, he's going to get paid. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Dan Gilbert will do whatever. He pretty much has just wrote yeah. career checks. <laughs> right. Cemented his legacy in, in basketball in Cleveland. and yeah. Dan Gilbert's just going to open up the checkbook and be like, here, write yeah. down what you want. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want? Here's everything I have. <laughs> And speaking of which, Game 7 was watched by the most people since a 1998 NBA Finals game. That's crazy. It was nuts to think that there hadn't been an NBA game, Finals game, that had been watched by that many people for that long. I mean, there's been some pretty decent Finals games in between now and 1998. I know the NBA has declined in popularity a little bit since... The early 2000s, but still, it was a little shocking to see that. I mean, this if you think about like one. what was at stake, you had Steph Curry, the the Golden State Warriors, who were the regular season record holders, and then you had LeBron's legacy. Like that was a big game seven. Even the casual NBA fan is going to be like, "Yeah, I got to fucking check that one out." Yeah, no, it's true. It had all the ingredients. It was, and I guess there haven't perfect. been too many game sevens. That's since. true. Yeah. So I guess that factored a lot into it. I just was shocked that. The number went all the way back to 98. Yeah, pretty crazy. LeBron had an epic troll job uh, when they (laughs) landed back in Cleveland. As they landed in Cleveland, LeBron is the last one off the plane carrying the the NBA championship trophy. And he had a t-shirt that said it was the ultimate warrior. I see what he did there. That's fucking hilarious. He also had a hat with the, uh, the Kermit sipping tea little meme thing. That's none of my business. Fuck it, just in full-on troll mode. Like, it would have been. Him. It would have been better if he just came off with a middle finger on the T-shirt that said "Fuck you, Golden State." <laughs> like, uh, no, and fuck you, Golden State, and most importantly, fuck you, haters. Yeah, yeah. fuck all you haters. <laughs> so yeah, awesome troll job from LeBron to uh, to start this celebration in Cleveland. Yeah, and uh, this celebration had an estimated 1.3 million. Yes, 1.3 million people estimated to have attended the uh, parade on Wednesday. I know quite a few people personally that were at the parade. Yeah, I had lots of friends go. But, wow, that's impossible of a number to... You don't get that much turnout at... Super Bowls, for yeah. God's sakes. The craziest this was a parade. Thing. Nothing was actually being played. I didn't realize there were still 1.3 million people in Cleveland. I didn't think this city had Most of the people. people that I know that went to the parade, none of them live in Cleveland anymore. <laughs> That's funny. They're all native the, Clevelanders. All the none transplants of went home. Yeah. yeah, they all went home for this, which, which is cool. Yeah, I, that's great. I it love that. It brings know, it back. I know if I was a Cavs fan, I wouldn't have missed it for anything. No, hell no. They're, yeah. That's crazy. The, the birth of my cool child thing? wouldn't have kept me away from that. <laughs> I'd have been like, well, congrats. Hey, look, it's been 52 years. Yeah. We might have another one. It's fine. I can, <laughs> I can catch the next one. 
I think the coolest part about that that parade and that celebration, there really wasn't any riots, like anything crazy no. out of Cleveland. I was expecting them to burn that city to the ground. Yeah, I think I won. said that on a previous show or a previous yeah. conversation I was having with you that I expected if that the Cavs wouldn't know, just, the fans yeah. would have no idea, right. and so everything would just burn. So I was right. shocked. <laughs> and I was mad because that night I'm trying to see him. Like, let me get a live look at Cleveland. There's got to be somewhere that's showing, you know. People burning things down, and there was a false report that somebody had stolen a fire truck, and that turned out not to be true. Yeah, the, what was it? A fire truck, and then somebody else reported they stole a beer truck. Oh god, <laughs> missed that. But either way, it was like, oh, this is very subdued. Like, I yeah. guess everybody was just so happy they're just crying or something. I have a buddy that has a video of him just giving high fives to strangers for like six minutes straight. Like, that's pretty cool. That's pretty much the celebration. That but good they for had. them. I never yeah. really understand the whole. We won, so we're going to burn our city mentality. That's always been kind of crazy to me, especially when it happens on college campuses. Yeah, well, you know, we'll just ask some Michigan State fans what that's like. (laughs) (laughs) They want to rip on Ohio State, but then they fucking do it themselves. Whatever. Anyways, uh, moving on. Tim Brokaw. Most people don't know who that is, but he is the man behind the classic Browns jersey in the window that he just keeps adding names of quarterbacks to the uh, the jersey. It's up to 24 different quarterbacks. He's retired it. That's it. It's done. It's over. Uh, he was quoted as saying, it's a new day in Cleveland. We want to be a part of that. Then he went on to say, not exactly how we planned it, but after last, night, last night's historic performance, we realized all negative energy and bad juju should be eliminated from the land. So that epic jersey that has the 24 different quarterbacks is no more in Cleveland. You know who the happiest person is about that? RG3. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> RG3 is like, yes. Thank God. I will not make it onto the back of that jersey. <laughs> Woo! Shout out to the Cavs. <laughs> this is such a turnaround for Cleveland. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I like Cleveland fans who aren't just like glum and disappointed and like angry and bitter all the time. Oh, it's weird. You, I it's had so that weird. conversation about like what happens after the narrative is over. Like what happens? And I don't know. I mean, you, I, they're not title town all of a sudden because they got the one. Right. But what, what, what do you do from here? Like the next one, you assume that the next time Cleveland wins a championship, assuming it doesn't take another 52 years, that you're not going to get 1.2 or 1.3 million no. people to show up. If again. the Indians win the World Series this year, it's not happening. They're not getting 1.3 yeah. million. No, and I mean, because now all the luster, all the sheen, like somewhere if you're a, I know that everybody in Cleveland's just celebrating, but if you're an exec for like the Indians or the Browns, <laughs> maybe the Browns knew that there was no chance yeah, to let it care. But <laughs> you're kind of like, damn it, Terry Francona. Terry Francona is pissed. It. Yeah, we wanted to be the first ones to do it. <laughs> I don't know, but I, know. I'm with you. I think I think that the players on the Indians and the players on the Browns are like, ah, fuck. <laughs> now now nobody's, nothing to play. Now for. nobody's gonna really give a shit. <laughs> now there's nothing to play for. <laughs> <laughs> fuck it. Let's, let's take our ball and go home. Uh, ESPN is also uh, reshooting an uh, ending to uh, the Thirty for Thirty Believe Land. They're gonna re-air the documentary um, later this month, the last day of the month. With a new ending. I'm kind of curious to see how that'll go. Lots of man tears. That's how that's going to Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there was so many tears in the original version without the ending. Yeah, that these are going to be happy man tears, not yeah. sad man tears. I mean, good for them. But I, I'm wondering how, like, what kind of... 
how does it end? Because the whole story was, this is so sad, we haven't done it, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden you're going to have this reshoot that shows now there's a happy ending? It, yeah, it's it, it's going to be the parade. They're going to show the parade and uh, you know talk about how LeBron did what he said he was going to do. I think that's the coolest part. LeBron, when he came back, was like, I'm going to bring a title back here. And he did. That's fucking cool. Well, and then that letter, he said it would take some time. And I, I, I mean, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't know how much time it would take. I thought that he would do it. I didn't, you know, didn't know how much time when he said. I don't even think he knew. No. Because I think he just wanted to not put pressure on right. it. So it's like, you know, this is going to be a minute, so don't expect it to happen this year, you know, whatever. But, I mean, it's all, it was only two years. That's a yeah. pretty quick turnaround on, on making a promise. Like and that. Vegas has them uh, – Second to win the title next year. To it's, who, the Warriors? The Warriors are number one, yeah. <laughs> I think those odds I never will, learned their lesson. Those odds will change drastically if Kevin Durant ends up going to Golden State. But that'll that'll be an interesting offseason, see how this all plays off. Switching gears to uh, beer news, but staying in Cleveland. Great Lakes Brewery, our uh, brewery this weekend. They, uh, they have a Belgian-style wit beer that they offer at the brew pub constantly. They've never distributed it. It's never been outside of the pub. Uh, but they always called it wit till next year. I think that's my favorite part of craft breweries is the, the fun names the that they come names. up with. Yeah. So it was wit till next year. They had it canned, ready to go in the, the keg, ready to roll out. And then once the Cavaliers won it, they changed the name. And now the name is the wit is over. Uh, so, they, <laughs> so they are cashing in on the Cavs championship, switching things up. They are not the only ones. Martin Market Garden Brewery, which is just a few blocks down from Great Lakes Brewery, very small microbrewery, they are re- renaming. They have an IPA that they call the All Ohio IPA. All of the ingredients that they use, all the hops, all the mar- everything comes from Ohio. Uh, but they are renaming that and now calling it the All In IPA. Oh, so, wow. hey, Cavs fans, come get this one. <laughs> There's two other breweries in Cleveland: Platform Brewing Company and the Brew Kettle. The Brew Kettle already has a relationship with the Cavs. They've been producing the All for One Session IPA that they uh, use to celebrate the last two playoff runs. So, both of those breweries are also planning on something to commemorate the win and the end of the title drought. So everybody cashing in. Everybody's cashing in. Breaking news, Mike. Uh, We just got a uh, report in that the uh, Cleveland Indians will now be known as the Cleveland Windians. They have officially changed their name, and they are cashing in on this too. So go get your Cleveland Windians gear and celebrate Cleveland in a way never seen before. Actually, there'd probably be a lot of people that are excited about that name change. (laughs) <laughs> they would totally buy new gear. There yeah. would be no more protests outside. All of the Native Americans would be like, wait, they're called the what? <laughs> oh, so we just go home now? What the? F- <laughs> what do we do now? Okay, we're just, we're just going to go home, guys. See All you right. later. <laughs> Nothing to see here. They're, no they're, more racist mascot. No, Gotta they're, go. they're not the Indians. They're the Windians now. <laughs> but I guess it's like the wind. I don't know. Let's just go home. <laughs> we can't be mad anymore. <laughs> F it. All right, completely switching gears, getting away from Cleveland. Cleveland, you've had your moment of the sun. Thank you very much. Moving to Florida State and college football. This state, this story is just ridiculous. <laughs> Florida State uh, commemorated the last season where they beat both the Miami Hurricanes and the Florida Gators in the same season with a state championship ring. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you, you heard that right. They had rings commissioned that say, that say state champ have the 
Florida State champs. <laughs> have the state of Florida in the center of them. And they decided that they would go on ahead and make rings for such an occasion. It, it features the scores of both games against the Hurricanes and the Gators. And it also has a Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl logo on there to commemorate the fact that they were in the Peach Bowl. <laughs> not remembering the fact that they lost the Peach just, Bowl to we Houston. We were there. That's cool. That's <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, so here's the weird thing. Uh, about the besides the fact that they have state championship rings, that's weird enough. Besides the but story, they on itself. also played USF last year, and that <laughs> score goes nowhere on the ring. They're just like, ah, fuck USF. They're not really in Florida. I guess. Bulls can't get no love, <laughs> no love. <laughs> so that's weird enough as it is. But here's the crazy thing. So I know, like Jimbo Fisher, this is like his big thing of like preaching the idea of winning the state because Florida is like a big battleground state and the team that's like considered the best team in the state is the one that's going to get the most Florida recruits, whatever. So that's like been his thing is like winning the state championship since he arrived at Florida state. But why make a big deal out of this now over the last six years, since Jimbo Fisher has been there, Florida state is five and one against Florida and six and zero against Miami. So they they've, basically won the state championship been, every yeah, year. They've been the state champs. Like, there's no, it's not like all of a sudden, oh, hey, we finally did it. Let's do something cool. No, it's, hey, our season fucking sucked. So, yeah, here's something. You think something. after a championship win and then a, a playoff early, you know, a first round playoff loss, you know, high expectations, they were like, Man, this whole like losing thing again is not really cool. We need to commemorate something. Ah, oh, we'll make a ring. Hey, we're state, we're state champs. champs. <laughs> if, if those don't end up on eBay, like as soon as those players are allowed to start selling them, I will be highly disappointed. Al Bundy rocking his Polk High tea called. <laughs> he thinks you're lame. I actually asked a friend of mine who's a Florida State fan, Mike Rudolph. He's a comedian here in Cincinnati, and I was like, hey, man. I just want to understand, is there something that I'm missing from, like, the Florida State side? Like, is there – you read the blogs, you read it. Like, is there something – and he was like, my take, it's fucking stupid. So I can't imagine there's a Florida State fan who could yeah. honestly look themselves in the mirror and say, oh, yeah, this is totally worth it. They, how long before the Florida State bookstore starts selling T-shirts? They're like, state champs 2016. You know what's funny, though? I was thinking what would be an acceptable way to do this. And if you just did it and, you know, obviously got pressed because they – paid a bunch of money for these rings, which, yeah. by the way, could have been used for something much greater yeah, than absolutely. pointless rings. Uh, I guess if you had told me, you know, hey, Jimbo Fisher went and got, you know, 100 T-shirts printed up for the guys or whatever, and it's just a, it's a T-shirt. They, you know, they shoot free T-shirts in the stand. Yeah. yeah, it's whatever. It's, it's just It's just something they're doing. It's tongue-in-cheek, they know. But no, they clearly no. are all in with this ring yeah, thing, and I can't real. think of anything lamer. So stupid. Coming from a Notre Dame fan, just another reason to hate Florida State. <laughs> <laughs> well, that and you'll never be state champs. <laughs> Notre Dame state, state of Notre Dame. Notre Dame is state champs almost every year. They've got like them and Purdue. They're, Notre Dame is the no Indian. love for Indiana. No love. Damn, no love son. for Indiana. They're the bulls of this conversation. <laughs> That's true. Fuck you, Indiana. <laughs> All right, moving on. Xavion uh, Dobson, who you guys may remember as the 15-year-old football player from Knoxville who was killed in December while he was shielding three girls from gunfire. It's been released this week that he is going to be named the Arthur Ashe Courage Award winner at the ESPYs next month. 
I think that's a cool story. Like that kid, I don't even know if I would do that now as a 31 year old man to shield three people from gunfire. I don't know if I'm that brave. Uh, so I think that's well deserved. And to the bigger point, I'm glad that we won't have to hear about anybody bitching about the Arthur Ashe award this year. Cause last year, everybody was pissed about Caitlyn Jenner getting that award. And they were like, well, there's a Marine that doesn't have arms and shit. I'm like, fucking who gives a shit? First of all, (laughs) nobody cares about the goddamn ESPYs. Nobody watches it. But people were so mad that Caitlyn Jenner got He had beers coming to the show, folks. (laughs) Do not be alarmed. At least now people won't bitch about the the Arthur Ashe Courage Award. Whatever. I would hope not. No. (laughs) Well-deserved in this case, but you know what's funny? There will be somebody out there. Oh, there's going to be somebody. Still somebody who's more deserving of it than this guy. Oh, well, he was, if he wasn't in that neighborhood, he probably wouldn't have been shot at. So, fucking, we should give it to this guy. Fucking, people are stupid. Always going to be haters. Uh, Moving on to the NBA. Back, I guess, rather, to the NBA. They uh, had their draft recently. So quick. It's so quick. <laughs> right? right? They, do, they do have that right. Look at what happens when a, a league doesn't want to dominate the news cycle for the entire year. Yeah, I actually <laughs> commend them for the, like, the, the shine hasn't even worn off. The Cavs winning. And they're like, all right, on to the next subject. On. <laughs> but anyway, uh, not a lot happened in the draft. Ben Simmons went first. You know, everybody else kind of fall in line. Pretty much there. to there be not, expected. Yeah, there wasn't anything shocking. I, the most shocking thing that happened prior to the draft and leading up in in general the nba draft is only good for one thing the crazy amount of trades and action that go on during and before and just after the draft where guys get drafted by one team but they end up wearing like 30 different hats by the time the night's <laughs> over because their draft rights get traded around players move teams it's kind of crazy but nothing happened last night of note there were some in draft player trades that nobody really cares about because a lot of them are players that nobody's going to hear about for a while D-League? Yeah, right? <laughs> D-League got real excited about the draft last night. But uh, Derrick Rose did move on from Chicago, got traded to the Knicks before the draft. Not really sure how that trade works out for either team. Last year of Derrick Rose's contract. Not really Whatever. sure what the hell the Knicks are doing. <laughs> Just, who knows? A new new coach and Jeff Hornacek. I, you know, I feel I, like the Knicks were just like, "Hey, somebody talk about us this week." Yeah, <laughs> let me let, Derek Rose. That was he basically stayed healthy for two months. <laughs> that was basically the Knicks being like, "We have no shot at Kevin Durant. Let's just get another name that people will talk about us for a little bit." Basically, and there's rumors that they may or may not go after Dwight Howard now. Again, it's going to be the broken down former All Stars playing for the <laughs> Knicks. It, but again, they'll all be household names, so they'll be relevant. I mean, I suppose in the East, where it's Cleveland and everybody else, they can possibly sneak in with like a seven or eight seed. Yeah. So they. The Knicks fans can get excited for a playoff series. Then get swept by the Cavs in the first round. Yeah, and then get sent right back home. But, hey, you know, we got stuff going on. But, anyway, yeah, not very exciting. Not many player movement one way or another. How'd your boys do in the the draft? The Kings. Did we need to bring that up? I did need to bring that up. I got to bring up Because I want the rant. Here's how bad the Kings are at drafting. DeMarcus Cousins, during the draft, sent out a tweet, Lord, help give me strength. When your only player of note the last decade in the draft is tweeting out things, basically <laughs> suggesting you don't know what the fuck you're doing as an organization when it comes to drafting, 
you know you're in trouble. <laughs> I mean, just they, they drafted some asshole foreign center who, for all intents and purposes, is worthless. All the post-draft stuff I read about it basically said they could have had this guy late in the second, mid-second. He wasn't going what, anywhere. What, 13? They 12, took him 13. 13. <laughs> 13. <sighs> from, there, oh, from there, it actually got better, but only because most of the guys that they drafted – they were like, oh, hey, they got him here. That's a steal. <laughs> Real boomer bus guy, but if it works out. Which is the, basically the story of the Kings franchise since everything fell apart after that game six loss to the Lakers. You know, too. Moving on. <laughs> we're done here. <laughs> Scott, nobody can accuse you of being a front runner. No, like, good God. You are having the worst sports year I've ever seen this year. It's pretty so, fucking terrible. <laughs> uh, my hat's off to you, man. I feel bad for you. Uh, so let's move on. University of North Dakota, they have released their new logo. So a couple years ago, the or for years, the, the school was known as the Fighting Sioux. That was their mascot. They talked about the Sioux Tribe, endorsed it. They, it was their go-to. Uh, the NCAA forced them to drop the name in 2012. And for a while, they were like, all right, fuck you. Then we don't have a mascot. We're just going to be the University of North Dakota. And then uh, they decided to go with a mascot. So last, late last year, they became the Fighting Hawks, which is the second team that I know of that had a Native American uh, mascot and then changed it to the Hawks. Miami. University of Miami is the yeah. other one. So I don't know what it is about a team having a Native American mascot and then going to the Hawks. I don't, I don't know what that is. But the Fighting Hawks beat out a couple other options, and I think they were better options. They beat out the Nodaks, the Sundogs, the North Stars, and the Rough Riders. I, dude, I told you the <laughs> Rough Riders was the choice to go with here. Yep. They totally could have come out to Rough Riders Anthem every single time <laughs> they did any type of sporting event. And who wouldn't want to hear, stop, drop, shut them down, open up, shut And oh, here comes the team flying out the tunnel like Complete missed opportunity. It would have been talked about just for that, but no. Yep. Here we are, Fighting Hawks. They're the Fighting Hawks. They're just another name. And I guess the only news story here, they've since they've been the Fighting Hawks since late 2015, it's not really that news. It's just the fact that they have a new logo now. So they're rebranding themselves as teams is it, often do. Is it a hawk with his fists up wearing an Irish hat? <laughs> it is not. That, that would actually be pretty actually, funny if they just trolled funny. the Irish. You know like, what they already do with their jerseys? Their hockey jerseys, it's like got the interlocking ND. So <laughs> they already kind of troll Notre Dame. So that actually would have been pretty fucking great if it was just a hawk with his fists up. But it's not, so another missed opportunity by this school. (laughs) (laughs) Just missing opportunities all over the place. And finally, in upper deck, uh, ESPN, the magazine, released this week the athletes that will be part of their body issue. Most of them we don't give a crap about, but two notable names, Conor McGregor. Conor. And Vince Wilfork. (laughs) First of all, Conor McGregor doing the body issue, that's just another plate this man (laughs) has to spin. If, If he could just drop all the other plates and just focus on being naked. In the magazine, he'd be the best he'd naked be the best person that. who's ever graced ESPN. <laughs> another, another damn plate for him to spin. God, what's an Irishman to do? But then there's Vince Wilfork, and the one who's most excited about that would be Vince Wilfork. <laughs> well, no, besides Vince Wilfork, oh, man, no, Prince, Prince Fielder, Fielder. Yeah. Prince Fielder, because that man took all kinds of heat for being in the body issue. Yeah. I believe it was last year. 
about you know everybody's like he's just yeah. a big fat guy. There's nothing to see here. What? Why would they do that? And here comes Vince Wilfork, who <laughs> has like a hundred pounds he's on like him, three eighty five. Oh god, he's so huge. Uh, you know what? This may be the first time in the body issue where a dude is going to be able to just be standing facing the camera, butt ass naked, <laughs> and not have to worry about any dong hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> He's just gonna have gut. Move your gut. <laughs> Move your gut a little bit to the left. We can see a testicle. All right, there we go. All right, well, let's reposition. There we go. <laughs> Vince Wilfork, though, he does seem like a funny dude. Like on Hard Knocks last year when he came out in the just the overalls with nothing else underneath it. Did you see that? I did. He's a fucking. He seems like a funny guy. Uh, good for him. For I wouldn't go fucking naked in the fuck, body issue. Fuck him. He's a patriot. I know he plays for Houston now. But fuck him. He's a patriot. <laughs> <laughs> He's got all them dirty rings. <laughs> suck dick. <laughs> oh, shit. That's going to do it for Upper Deck this week. <laughs> Such a good way to end Upper Deck. <laughs> he can suck a dick. <laughs> Scott, we were talking about Cleveland. All right, it's been 52 years since a Cleveland team has won a championship. So, hands down, this has to be one of the greatest sports memories for Cleveland fans. Like, if they look back on their lives, they're going to be like, well, there was the drive. I remember that for <laughs> awful reasons. There was the fumble. I remember that for awful reasons. But they're going to remember, like, it, every Cleveland fan is going to remember exactly where they were, what they were wearing, who they were with, what they were drinking, what they ate when the Cavs won the championship. Well, and imagine all the kids who are just figuring out sports and how things go yeah those them, spoiled is, cleveland fans yeah <laughs> for them this is the only thing they know yeah. it's like oh i know that people talk about 52 years but I shit when know. i was five Cavs won the title and it was great it was a big ass party there's 1.3 million other people there with me it was fantastic Next year when the Cavs don't win, they're going to be like, what the hell is this? What is this all about? Man, you know what really sucks? Not winning the title. <laughs> Cleveland's really got to get their shit together. It's been a whole year we've since been we there, saw a jam. We've been there two years in a row. We won one of them. What the fuck, man? Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable, but good for them. I, you know, yeah, I, don't, don't wish terrible sports teams and having to wait that long on anybody. No, good that's, Lord. That's the worst. I feel cursed. It's been 31 years for me since I've seen a... A title. Well, I guess technically Notre Dame won a title in 88, but I was four years old, so I don't really remember that. Um, so I haven't really experienced one of my teams winning a title. Well, what, what are your best sports memories? What do you got? So my best sports memory. Um, I, so I, I, let me preface, preface this by saying when we were talking about this, I was thinking about like the most memorable experiences in sports. Mm -hmm. So I think when you ask that question, what's your most memorable experience in sports, people are going to come up with the best thing that they've seen and the worst thing that they've seen. Yes. So for me, the best thing that I remember from sports uh, was Notre Dame in 2012. I went to a game with two of my buddies, JP and Tim. We went to see Notre Dame play Pitt. It was Notre Dame's magical title run season. And uh, we went and saw them play Pitt. And for those of you that don't know, that year they went to three overtimes with Pitt. Nearly lost. There was a huge fourth quarter comeback that Notre Dame had that put them into overtime. And then scary overtime moments. Like Pitt had a chance to kick a field goal to win the game. I think it was in the second overtime. And I couldn't even watch. I was like huddled, like looking the other way. And... The kid kicked it, and then all of a sudden, everybody around me went fucking crazy. 
My buddy JP just picked me up for some reason. He's not even a Notre Dame fan. He was just really excited. And then Notre Dame ended up winning that game, continuing on and, and making it to the national championship that year. So I think that is my favorite sports memory. That's like the one that sticks out in my head as like the best sports memory I have. The worst, worst sports memory. <laughs> this is this is where things get interesting. This is Your where worst? it's rough. Uh, the worst was the Reds versus the Giants in the uh, the playoffs in the divisional series. The Reds had gone up uh, 2-0 against San Francisco. Oh, God. They came back home. They had three games at home. They only had to win one more to move on to the <laughs> NLCS. I had tickets to game four and game five, so I was like, look. I kind of hope they lose game three <laughs> so that them. I can see them win. Way to go. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Way to go. Total, I will own this 100%. So I was like, I hope they lose. They lost game three, and I was like, sweet. All right, here we go. I'm going to the game. I get to sweet. see them. My team lost. <laughs> First, I'm going to get there to be yeah, able to see them win, I get though. to see them win. So game four comes, and they did not win, and I was like, that's all right. I got game I five. I got tickets. <laughs> What an asshole. Yeah. You fucked it I, all up. I did. I totally did. So I went wow. to game five with uh, my best friend, Brandon Boyle. We were there at the game. That game, Buster Posey hit a grand slam home run off of Matt Latos to make it six to nothing in like the fifth inning. I have never heard. We were like way up in the nosebleeds, like section 598 <laughs> I don't even think we were in the stadium we were sitting we were, on the light post <laughs> but we were we were on the the first base side and the uh the Giants are in the third base dugout Buster Posey hits this grand slam home run I've never heard Great American Ballpark that quiet where I could hear the Giants players celebrating in the dugout Holy and like shit. it was unreal the most eerie thing but that I don't even it was that moment that sticks out to me it's not even I looked at it today to see how that game ended up. The Reds ended up losing that game 6-4. So it wasn't even like it was that big of a blowout. I remember watching that game, though. And when he hit that grand slam, yeah, it was, I was, like, it was over. over. I was like, it's done. <laughs> this game is over. Yeah, there was nothing that was going to save them. Brendan got up and just walked around the stadium. He was like, I, I didn't know where he God. was. He was gone the rest of the game. I met up with him afterwards. I was like, where did you go? And he was like, I just wanted to take in the sights one more time. Like, it was the most heartbreaking <laughs> thing I'd ever heard. Damn. But he, uh, yeah, that's the worst memory that I, I can remember from sports. What about you, ma'am? What's your... Well, I, I'm old enough to have Top remembered. <laughs> right? I'm old enough to have remembered my uh, greatest sports moment, obviously. And I've got a, a few great sports moments that I remember that have nothing to do with my teams. But as far as my teams go, the 95 Braves, watching, of that, yeah, watching that final out in the World Series. Yep. That's right, Cleveland. You had your moment early in the show, but you're now reminded <laughs> to, that you lost the World Series. I'm about in to shit on you, Cleveland. <laughs> 1995. <laughs> and no, I, I wish the shittiest part about that for me is as great of a moment as it is, <clears throat> when you are that young, that's why I can attest to those Cleveland fans, you don't think anything of, oh, this could be, I should really soak this in because this could be the last time you. You're naive enough to think that, and, and the Braves were so great after that, and there was no reason to think that they were going to stop, that it was going to happen again. Hell, they were in the World Series the very next year and were up 2 0, damn it. And so, <laughs> going home, up 2 0. But, you know, in those moments, I, I wish that I had soaked it out because even yeah. though I remember it fondly and it feels great and it's like, I did get to see my team win a championship, part of me feels like I, I was robbed of it by myself. Because I didn't absorb it enough, and when you're that age, you can't absorb it. I, I like, 
I, I, I have always said, in the, especially the most recent years, that there's nothing like winning a championship when you're old enough to appreciate it. Absolutely. Because when you're younger, you, you don't know any better. Because, you know, the Niners won the World Series. Or no, the World Series. The Niners won the Super Bowl. The yeah, very who's been s- drinking all night? Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> the very same year, earlier in the year, that 94-95 season. So in the same calendar year, you I saw both of, of my teams win a championship, and, and I didn't appreciate it at all. Like, 95 goes down as the greatest year of my sporting life. It's, like, impossible for that to happen, basically. <laughs> and now, now it's like, man, I, I just want to know what it's like as an adult <laughs> because I could fully appreciate everything they're putting in. But anyway, so that 95 World Series is my greatest sports memory. And conversely, the very next year, my worst sports memory because – I remember crying as Mark Lemke popped up to end that damn World <laughs> Series, and the, that was the first and the or, the origin of my Yankees hatred was them losing was the Braves <laughs> losing to the Yankees in that World Series. So oh, that's God. what did it. That's what yes, brought it all was. Of this I, I never gave a shit about the Yankees prior to that World Series, but from that moment when Mark Lemke popped up to end Game Six in New York, I've never thought. Of anything but how much I Ugh, hate the Yankees. that's rough man it was the worst i you make a great point though i would love to uh, during notre dame's 2012 season like as they were going undefeated i was the pessimistic fan that was like when's the other shoe gonna drop like it's gonna happen they're gonna lose i felt that way watching the Cavs in this in this nba finals oh no doubt like when it was when they were down 3-1 i was like all right most Cleveland they're, fans. Were. They're going. Yeah, I think so. They're going home. They're going back to Golden State for Game Five. It's over. Like this is done. Yeah. And then Draymond Green gets suspended. They win the game. It's like, all right, yeah, but Green was suspended. Yeah. So looks like they're just going to lose on their home court again to the Warriors. And then they win Game Six. And it's like, oh shit. All right. Well, but no team has ever come back from three one. So Game Seven, they're going to lose Game Seven back. Well, the no team's going to go into the Warriors house. Yeah. This was my justification for the last show saying that the Warriors were going to win because they were at home. I knew that it would be a close game. I thought for sure that no matter what, a team, whoever won that game wasn't going to win in a blowout. But I thought the home court advantage was just enough to tilt it for the Warriors because they get a call here, get a call there, next thing you know. And it was close within the final minutes, and the Warriors just couldn't hit a shot. My pops even said tonight, he was like, I was watching that game even after Kyrie Irving hit that three. Which at that point I was like, "Oh shit, Cleveland's got this! Like they've got all the momentum." That you had that LeBron block, and then the Kyrie three. I was like, "This is over. Golden State is out of this game." My dad was sitting there watching it, going, "Yeah, they're gonna fuck this up." So <laughs> he was like, "They're gonna inbound well, history it." History says though, yeah, it was good. He he even had a name for it. He was already calling it the foul because he said oh, they were gonna inbound yeah. to Steph Curry. Steph Curry was going to throw up a prayer and get fouled and then shoot three. And get a four-point shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, four he already play. had a name for it and everything. God. That's how fucking sad it is to be a Cleveland fan. The beat puppy in the corner. And I felt that same way in 2012 watching Notre Dame. I was like, the, the other shoe's going to fall eventually. And it took my buddy Tim saying, hey, man, just enjoy what the fuck is going on right now. Like, how often do you get to experience an undefeated season? And I think we take that for granted. As oh yeah, fans. You be- well, you become so jaded with your, especially with your own teams because you're in it, and, and most of the time you're going to experience heartbreak as a fan. Yep. It's just that that's just the nature of the beast. You're going to experience much more letdowns than you ever will victories. 
But somewhere along the way, if you're if you're a fan of certain teams, you just kind of think, well, is it ever going to happen? Because you see so many things, and you've seen things. That was, that was me towards the end of those Braves runs was, yeah, whatever, this is just going to end in another playoff loss. Somehow they're going to find a way to blow the <laughs> – and they, they did it every time. They never did win another one after, you know, I thought for sure – I, and I was optimistic for most of the the run up through, but man, when it got towards the end, it was like, nope, they're gonna find a way to blow this. Yep. They they don't have this, they don't have that, and it always came true. So That's I think so weird. Now going through this period now where they're god awful, bottom of baseball altogether. You know how much more I'm going to appreciate it when hopefully they get back to being good. Man, I'm just going to enjoy the ride so much more because. There was definitely times when, even though I watched a ton of baseball, that I, it, it was it was almost like going through the motions during the regular season. It's just like, all right, fine, whatever. The real season doesn't start until October. So a bunch of that regular season crap I just kind of ignored. Now it's going to be it's know, going to be the one 162 year. games where I'm like, no, don't know how this is going to go. I have no idea. You finally realize your sports mortality. Like, I have no idea if this is going to happen again next year. So fuck it. <laughs> got to be all in. Got to do. Got to do all this stuff until it's over. <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing with the 49ers. They were in that run there with Harbaugh, and it looked like for sure that each year kept getting closer and closer and closer, and then got to that damn Super Bowl, and we're. Four downs away. First and goal away from it. And couldn't bring it home. And after that game, I was like, yeah, you know, tough, heartbreaking loss. Uh, but, you know, still still in a good position to try to make a run. Got, got back to the NFC Championship game, fell flat, and then boom, the wheels fell off. And here we are. <laughs> here we are. But I will say, I did – I was at that point, though, during that whole ride that I was able to enjoy all of it. I did enjoy all of the games leading up to each. All of those games, to me, are special. They, they yeah. meant a lot more. It just sucks a lot more now knowing that it could have. It was basically done in by the front office. <laughs> it was self-inflicted. I mean, you know, <laughs> they ran off Harbaugh. They, you know, signed, re-signed the wrong guys. They disenfranchised guys who were like, all right, I'm out of here. And so it all fell apart from within. And that's what sucks the most. So they went the the Reds route of <laughs> blowing things up. Just yeah. fucking imploding. Well, we asked this question on Facebook. We asked what your favorite sports memory was. We got a shitload of answers to this question. Hats off to you. Probably the best response we've gotten to uh, the weekly questions so far. Super appreciate you guys. As yeah, this is this. great. So let's let's kick this off. Uh, Brendan Boyle, friend of the show, uh, my buddy, my best friend, he said he's got a few. 2005 Notre Dame USC, Tom Zubikowski's punt return for a touchdown where after it was done, he tackled me into our couch in the apartment we lived in. He was so excited. Unfortunately, I think Brendan got too drunk and forgot that Notre Dame ended up losing that game because of the bush push. Uh, we both cried at the end of that game. <laughs> in each other's arms. Yeah, probably. It was yeah, it was a bromance, whatever. <laughs> he also says the uh, Xavier's Elite 8 run in uh, 20, uh, 2004, which was Memories. amazing. Yeah, that was our freshman year, right? Yes. So good. Freshman year of college, we got to see them play Duke in the Elite Eight. Texas uh, prior yeah. to that. It was a good, Mississippi State, I think, in uh, in the second round yes. was a big upset 
to yeah. move on to the Sweet well, 16. Well, they were all increasing. Like, each upset got bigger yeah. and bigger. As I still think on. we could have beaten Duke. Still should have beaten I think Duke. Coach K fucked us on that one because there's no way that Anthony Miles picked up that many fouls in the second half. Whatever. No, I, not Coach K. It was the ref. <laughs> well, because he was bitching before halftime. <laughs> yeah. We almost got thrown out. The group of guys that I was at the game with almost got thrown out because there was a Duke fan sitting near us, and we were fucking going crazy. We were a little inebriated, and the guy was like, what you know. I know, right? <laughs> and he was like, oh, real nice language for a Catholic school. <laughs> I think he it was, pulled that card. I think it was Boyle Come that on. looked at him and went, hey, fuck you. <laughs> 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 so he tried to get us thrown out. Uh, Boyle also said Jay Bruce's walk-off home run to clinch the uh, NL Central for the Reds. I think that was 2010. Um, and then this Cavs championship, that's his other win i that's the cool thing about this Cavs championship it happened in the most epic way possible it did didn't didn't brendan say that it happened in a very storybook fashion yeah it he did, said it you really couldn't did, write a movie like that yeah i mean going down 3-1 and you know it basically looking impossible oh, here's just another blemish on yep. lebron's career here's another blemish on cleveland you know they just weren't they're never gonna do it and here it was the i mean you really you couldn't it's the thing movies are yeah. made of. His exact words were, it's the stuff fake-ass sports movies are made of, <laughs> and it actually happened right before our eyes. Yeah, that's what makes it really, really cool. It's awesome. Uh, it's great. A buddy of mine uh, back home, I, it's funny. He mentions Cal Ripken breaking uh, Lou Gehrig's consecutive game record and how he uh, remembers that's the broadcast. memory. Him, yeah, him riding the horse and them stopping the game and everything, and I... I, I didn't think of that initially, but when we were, I was going through initial prep for the show, something that came to my mind that had nothing to do with my teams was Cal Ripken, but it was the All-Star game, that last All-Star game he was in in Seattle where A-Rod moved from short over to third so that Cal could play at short, his yeah. you know, m- m- most defining career position. And then he hit that home run in his first yeah. at-bat, which you know was his, one of his last All-Star at-bats. And I just remember how incredible a moment that was for Cal Ripken and baseball and, you know, all-star games because they usually don't mean a damn thing. But. Yeah, I think I think that's what the all-star games have come to is just like, okay, who's the guy that's leaving that this is like the big deal Yeah, for this them? year, they'll make a big deal about Big Poppy this year at the yeah, all-star game. they did it with... Rivera, yeah. like it's it, that's become the new All Star Game thing, which is fine. At least it gives it some type of meaning. I mean, it's a yeah. a game that really doesn't mean anything. I know they tried to make it mean something. They tried in baseball, failed miserably. <laughs> but you know, if it's There's, just going to be a retirement thing for guys, I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's fine. Vince Mesker had a uh, All Star related memory. He said that his favorite event that he watched was uh, the Home Run Derby last year in Cincinnati where Todd Frazier mm. ripped off all the home runs to end up winning it, even though there are friends of mine that are Reds haters that will say that Frazier's brother cheated and was quick pitching <laughs> before the ball landed. And a, uh, and a home run derby <laughs> cheated. <laughs> but that was, if you think about it for Cincinnati sports, there really isn't, I mean, they had the 90 World Series, and outside of that, you've got the Bengals who just continue to disappoint. So that was like a... It was like a championship for this city. Like they, people were super excited. I was on Fountain Square in downtown Cincinnati watching that home run derby, and it was crazy. People were so excited about that home run derby. I think, I think that's a great call. That's a really good memory, um, really good thing for the Cincinnati fans to have. 
Yeah, um, Jason Fair says that uh, Tiger Woods is chip at the 2005 Masters. He Dude. dropped a video for this, and I actually had to watch it because I remember it, but it, it was even more epic watching the uh, replay. This is the one where he chips it from off of the green and right in and does the fist pump and everything. Yeah. Like, it was an incredible moment. The thing that sticks out in my head about that, I remember watching that live and thinking to myself, that's a Nike commercial. Because the ball hits the green, and it starts trickling towards the hole, and the announcer's like, well, look at this. And then right before it gets to the hole, the ball tilts just a bit. You see the Nike logo for, like, a second, and then it falls into the (laughs) hole. Like, it is exactly what a Nike commercial would be. Yeah. As as soon as I saw it, I was like, that's a Nike commercial. Yeah. This was also back when Tiger was Tiger. Yeah, before he... (laughs) And people actually rooted for him. Yeah. Yeah, they fucking hate him now. Uh, Mrs. Rizzy, uh, we've we've had a couple of hers. As everybody knows, she's a uh, bigger Notre Dame fan than I am. She said her biggest sports memory is Jimmy Johnson's face when Notre Dame beat him in 88. She, (laughs) She said that she's got that game on DVD, and she just rewinds it to watch his upset face. That's that's dedication right there. Well, I like that. fuck Jimmy Johnson, so I'm on board with her. I'm on always that. on the fuck anybody who coached the Cowboys yeah. uh, bandwagon. Yeah, great call on that one, Mr. Rizzi. Yeah, uh, my buddy Adam Niemeyer says, 97 World Series Game 7, I bring this up to you again. Remind you, Cleveland, that there's been much more heartbreak. <laughs> so even though we love you, and we loved you at the start of the show, and we're drinking beer to celebrate you, that there's still plenty of moments to remind you that you're still Cleveland. That was a good, that was a good World Series, though, even though I remember bitching, because here it was, I was rooting for Cleveland because the Marlins had beat yeah. the Braves on their way to the World Series, and I thought, okay, well, you know, since the Braves aren't playing, you know, Cleveland, I can root for Cleveland uh, to win this one, and, you know, it'll be good for them, and they had it all the way up until the end of the, you know, game, going into the ninth inning, up, and Jose Mesa completely falling Fucking apart. Fucking Jose Mesa. God, and I, I remember thinking... This could only happen to Cleveland. Like, how the fuck did this just happen? And then the Marlins, who were who had existed for all of like ten minutes, winning a World Championship, and I'm like, motherfuckers just won a title, <laughs> haven't existed more than ten minutes, and the Braves have been sitting here running through things every year. What what the hell is going on? Little did I know that the Marlins would win another one before the Braves have gotten yeah. along. So fuck that franchise. <laughs> Goddamn Marlins. They're a pandering-ass franchise. Like, that franchise, in general, I feel like is just a bunch of pandering assholes. They seem like a major, a minor league team that operates in the major leagues. They, they're they the, you know, hey, come out for zany hat night. Like, you know, <laughs> they change their jerseys to the bright orange bullshit. That's what I mean. Get, they they become more, like, you know, people to buy their gear. Right. Yeah, no, they, they're totally there. Well, they become like the Miami Marlins, and it's you know there was people in the front office that were like, all right, there's a lot of Latino people in Miami. <laughs> Let's let's do bright colors. That'll be cool. Yeah. And then we'll get fucking we'll uh we'll have Mike Stanton change his name. That'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> fucking fuck Miami. <laughs> uh John Bunyan, local Cincinnati comedian, he said his <laughs> 
his favorite sports moment was uh, the time in college when he was playing first base in an intramural softball game. <laughs> he stretched full length and snagged a scorching line drive. <laughs> Hit by one of the players from the school varsity baseball team. That's his moment. Hey, we all have our moments. Live it up, John. It's Bunyan. burned into his brain. Uh, my buddy Chris works for the Reds, but he's a huge Cubs fan, and he was working the night of uh, Arietta's no hitter. So, he oh says that's wow! His. And he actually has a uh, ball from that game that he's going to try to get Arietta signed. That'd be pretty Next cool. Time. Yeah, so, I mean, for him being a Cubs fan, I think that's pretty awesome. That's one of those things I would love to see, and, you know, not being a fan of either team, couldn't care less, but just to be in the park when a no-hitter happened. I would love to see a no-hitter, awesome. but to see it happen to my team Yeah, no, cool. it would be great. I'm just saying that it would be awesome no matter yeah. what, just to say, oh, yeah, I was at a no-hitter. I I went to Chicago shortly after that, and uh, they were honoring Jake Arrieta. He was pitching the day before I went to see the game in the bleachers at Wrigley. So the next day they were, like, honoring him for that no-hitter, and they kept showing clips on the video board throughout the game. And as the only Reds fan there, I just kept getting more and more pissed off. <laughs> I was like, fuck this guy. Fuck you, Chicago. <laughs> oh, shit. Jesse Sanchez uh, – she said that she's got two memories watching the Blackhawks take the cup back last year. And then she had a really good one that I I had forgotten about, but I this is a great call. When Brandy Chastain scored the penalty kick that clinched it for the US mm. women's soccer team, she a ripped her shirt off. That. Yeah. That is a I mean, that's a fantastic moment. I think that's those moments where you just see like that raw emotion from the athlete where it's like even even in the Cavs championship when LeBron was brought to tears yeah winning that championship like you see how much it really means to them yeah i think those mem- memories always stick around sticking with uh baseball buddy Jared Brown on Twitter said that he was at Matt Cain's perfect game uh, Holy at AT&T shit. Park yeah now we were just talking about being at a no-hitter could you imagine being at a perfect game That'd be for your team no less like, that'd be amazing that's insane so I was at a uh, <laughs> I was at a Mets game a couple years ago. Sorry, where uh, I think it was Syndergaard was like perfect through six before he finally gave it up. But <laughs> I don't give a shit about the Mets. Nor so should you. I was watching Syndergaard pitch, and then whenever the Mets would come up, I would fire up the Reds on my MLB app, bad app, and just watch the Reds game. <laughs> <laughs> my buddy that I was there was with was like. You're the only person I know that could be watching another team during a perfect game. I was like, I don't give a fuck about the Mets batting. <laughs> All I care about is the top of these innings. I don't give a shit about the rest of this. Right? <laughs> uh, let's see. What else we got? Uh, Mike Strotman said, uh, any Holyfield-Tyson fight. Those are fantastic memories. Yeah. Like, Tyson biting Holyfield's ear. I think, like, everybody knows where they were at when that happened. I don't remember. What <laughs> <it was. laughs> All I, right, I didn't. Well, because fifty percent of the people remember. Yeah, no, I don't think I was. We were young. watching. Yeah, I wasn't watching that, and that was when boxing was still getting actually covered. So it was like a minute by minute thing, and I think I was paying attention to yeah. the night it was going well, on. And it was. I do remember the. Too, so. Yeah, I was gonna say I do remember the reports coming in. Like, oh, Tyson bit his ear. I was like, wait, what? Like, accidentally, purposely? Wait, wait, wait what? No, he did it twice, huh? <laughs> I was babysitting that night, 
and I ordered the pay-per-view at the, <laughs> at the house that the I was babysitting. <laughs> Who ordered porn? Oh, wait, it was a fight? Wait, it was Tyson Holyfield? Wait, what? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, Paul Pasut said the 1980 USA uh, miracle hockey team. Solid. That's a that's a fantastic it's answer. A little too young to remember that. Yep. So. Uh, a lot of people. <laughs> Jordan shot against uh, the uh, Jazz, which many people like to say is his last shot, even though he played for the Wizards afterwards. Right. But his shot that he uh, hit after he did not push. Yep. Turn hustle. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the Jordan's shot there. A lot of people said that. Yeah, uh, Corey Hagerman. Uh, he said when Hulk Hogan turned heel at Bash at the Beach in 1996. <laughs> that was a N W O. Shout out to that one, dude. That's a. I mean, that's an iconic moment. We can argue whether or not wrestling is a sport no but it is a pretty iconic moment. that's fantastic from eat your vegetables and take your vitamins to <laughs> ripping it off and having that black nwo t-shirt i'm gonna pretty... spray paint this shit on somebody's back that was awesome uh i also had a lot of people saying you know and this you know goes right along with the whole Cavs theme uh the 2004 red sox that comeback oh, against the yankees yeah. being down 3-0 that was Insane. Yeah, I had uh, a couple people mention that. Brian Hackney mentioned that. I, I mean, at that point, what nobody had come back from O three, right? Yeah, that was the no, first. That was the first time anybody of, had come from in any sport. Yeah, nobody had done that. Not only did they come back from O three, then they won the World then Series. Then they sweep. They yeah, sweep the figure. Cardinals. So fuck the Cardinals. I'm <laughs> even more on board with that win. Um, yeah, that's. A I didn't care what the one. shit they did after beating New York. It was <laughs> good enough for me. I was on board after that. They could have they could have rolled over in the next round. I wouldn't care. Uh, my buddy Matthew Daniels, consummate Cubs hater, says his favorite was Steve Bartman's nice grab down the line. That's it. That's he hates the Cubs with a passion. So, oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. My uncle said. Uh, my uncle Dan said the time that Freddie Couples signed a hat for his nephew. That was me. I got a, a oh, hat signed nice. by Freddie Couples. That's his favorite sports memory. I think that's sweet. That's cute. So thanks, Uncle Dan. I appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, another fellow Braves fan of mine, uh, Bob Grimm, said that uh, remembering the Sid Bream run around third base to slide into home. And God, I mean, if you wow. ever have seen the clips of that. Uh, to beat the Pirates in the 92 NLCS. And, I, I mean, I remember it, too. But, God, Sid Bream looked like he's running in quicksand. And yeah. how the hell he got in there before <laughs> that ball, never know. But, yeah, that was a great memory. It's still it's still one of those moments that I kind of just get goosebumps whenever they show it because it's like, oh, man, that's yeah. kind of what, for me, what started it all. I know they had been to the World Series in 91, but my memories of that are kind of hazy. But that – that 92 season is where I remember my Braves fandom kind of beginning mostly. Yeah. Uh, Jim Ballant, who's he's had a couple su- submissions to the show here, uh, he said the 2007 BCS championship game is one of his uh, iconic memories. That was Ohio State versus Florida. He said he remembers – he distinctly remembers how loud it got on the opening kickoff. That's when Ted Ginn returned it for a touchdown. Oh, Everybody shit. went yeah. crazy. I was trying to remember which one. Ginn got yes. injured. He, that was, he got State hurt fans celebrating that. They were going to they, win that. They were yeah. going to roll that, and then Florida just beat the 
fuck out of them. <laughs> yes. What was yes. that? 41 14 was the final, I think, on that one. That was the last time Ohio State was close. <laughs> after that, <laughs> after that touchdown, yeah. Rain rolled. That got rough. That was like Notre Dame, Alabama rough. Yeah. Um, Buddy Clay Seal made a quote unquote quick list, and he listed a lot of really good ones. Um, his the one that stuck out to me though when I read his list though was the Alabama Auburn kick six game. Oh my god, that was a! Fantastic I remember watching game. that with Alex, and we were sitting there watching. I had watched the whole game, but at some point towards the end, I kind of tuned out, thinking, "Eh, whatever." Like, yeah. Mentally, I checked out, but was still sticking around to watch the end because we were about to go out or do something. And when that kick got returned, I was like. Did that just really fucking happen? Dude, that was the most... Like, honestly? That was the most ridiculous college football game I've ever seen. Yeah. That was a fantastic one. Yes. What else does he have on that list? Uh, also on that list, he had uh, the soccer game with uh, Chastain. Okay. Um, he had Jay Bruce's walk-off homer. Um, he is a Tennessee grad, so he had Tennessee beating Memphis to earn the school's first number, number one ranking one. in 2008. Yeah. Um, the six overtime game for Syracuse oh, and UConn. Oh, yeah, that was the. Uh, I was at the bar. I remember that. Oh, night. nice. <laughs> and I think I had left. We were watching it prior to going out, and it was like, oh, whatever. It went to overtime, and then at some point, her being at the bar and looking up, and somebody's like, "They're in their sixth overtime. Yeah. Like, this game is still going. What the? Fuck? That's that was a crazy game. That was like uh, a couple people said Xavier." Uh, what was it? Xavier, Kansas State? Yes. I had a couple people mention that one the, on there. The year uh, we had, um, what's when, his name from IU, the transfer. Wow, I'm like the worst Xavier <laughs> fan ever for, for I'm forgetting. drunk, so I don't fucking know what's going on right now. <laughs> I, I'm picturing his face and can't think of it. God, we'll edit this out, killed. it's fine. <laughs> gonna kill this. Oh, gonna get killed for that one. No, but that's when we uh, we went two overtimes and dropped it in the second overtime. But man, that Gus Johnson calling that game was fucking Gus Johnson's amazing. Best. That was amazing. We had uh, Kevin Saluter. Uh, good friend of the show here. He said the 1990 World Series, he was at Sorrento's Pizza in Norwood. Two days later, he went back and through the door walks Jose Rijo with his World Series MVP trophy. So he says to That's Jose, crazy. Yeah, he says to Jose, hey, can I see that? And he just hands him the trophy. He has no idea who the fuck this guy is. He hands him to Kevin. So Kevin said he's got a he's still got a picture from that. Oh, uh, I also had a friend Matt Lucan who was at the nineteen ninety World Series in the first inning, uh, and so his memory is uh, Eric Davis hitting the uh, first uh, inning, the home first run. inning home run. Yep, and he said he was in left field for that. So people who were actually at where I haven't been to World Series game. Uh, that's another thing that I would I'd like to, to do, yep. even if it wasn't my team, is just be at a World Series yep. game because I imagine it's awesome too. I would, yeah, I'd be a big fan of that. Brian Berkland's his favorite sports memory was uh, Nolan Ryan punching Venture in the face. That's a solid <laughs> one. That, that got brought back up most recently when uh, the, the brawls happened yeah. earlier this year. Yeah. Ventura and uh, That's the Royals. That's a fantastic choice. Yeah. Um, my buddy Kevin Grady says, does it have to be a game? He then proceeded to post the uh, Jim Mora quote, Playoffs. which I think you all remember. Playoffs? You kidding me? 
That's right up there with Allen Iverson's uh, practice, practice rant. We're talking about practice? Yes. Those two have like very close to one another, too. Fantastic. Jim Moore is, oh, that clip is the best. It is. I love that they just play that every year around playoff time. Yeah. It just, just always a game. gets brought back up. Playoffs? So good. So playoffs. good. <laughs> it deserved a second play. It deserves all the plays. We should have just done this episode. Should have just been an hour of that. That's that's how I feel about my te- teams right now. All of them, <laughs> every single one of them. Playoffs in the Kings' case. Playoffs. We just trying to draft somebody who doesn't suck. <laughs> Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Matt Crytel, he's another Notre Dame fan. He said his it's not his favorite memory, but his most vivid was the Boston College field goal in '93. That's when Notre Dame lost to Boston College after beating Florida State, then ended up losing the national title to Florida State that year. Fucking Boston. state champs, state champs, <laughs> fucking state. <laughs> champs. Hashtag state champs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my friend Liz has a personal anecdote that I have to read all the way through to give it its uh, just dues. But anyway, she says she will never forget going to the airport to greet her favorite beloved Pirates player after another failed attempt at a pennant. Mostly Barry Bonds' fault as usual. She says she was sitting on her dad's shoulders and she got to see her favorite player, who was Andy Van Slyke, and it was a dream come true. Not to be long-winded, she says, but she also has another, and that was being in New York City with her parents. And she met Jerome Bettis on the elevator in her hotel. Her dad, though, a lifetime Steelers fan, called him Sammy Sosa. (laughs) (laughs) She says it was mortifying, but awesome. I don't even know how that fucking can happen. Sammy Sosa and Jerome Bettis look nothing alike, other than the obvious skin pigmentation. And back then for Sammy, because now Sammy looks whiter than me. Um... That's hilarious. I don't even know what else to say about that. that is Thank you, Liz, for sharing thing. that. Holy shit. How do you... <laughs> I can't imagine. I don't even know what I would say to my dad at that point. Like, I feel like that's one of those moments where you're just like, shut the fuck up, dad. <laughs> I just give him that Stewie Griffin head turn. Like, what the fuck? Did you just say that? You'll oh have to excuse him. He's senile. Yeah, you, you have to make up an excuse at yeah. that point. Because Jerome Bettis is not going to be like, oh, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. I totally understand why you would think that. You know, same city, same sport. It happens. <laughs> hey, uh, Sammy Sosa. I've been called worse. <laughs> That's a good one to end this on. Holy shit. Fantastic. Thank you guys for responding so to these. We appreciate it's, it. We have so much fun going through these and, and reading them. So when we put these questions, we put them up every Friday. Make sure you check it out on Facebook, uh, Craft Brood Sports on Facebook. You can respond to the questions. Get involved. We'll probably use your answer. There's a good chance. Yeah, at this point. Because we use the same answers every week. It's <laughs> From the same people. <laughs> You want to hear your name on sports radio? Get out there and respond. <laughs> so let's uh, let's hit this up, Scott. Let's go to consume it or can it, shall we? Whoa, super hot on that. It got it got hot right off the bat. My bad. <laughs> I was I wasn't I wasn't monitoring the board. DJ, play that with. back. <laughs> I got I got sidetracked and I forgot that I had the levels up high. 
you know, whatever. It's it's fucking. That's how we do it. He's sometimes. drunk. Uh, all right, so consumer scam. It, uh, can't, scam it. <laughs> Told you. <laughs> consumer uh, scam it. Kiss kiss baby. Beer. <laughs> anyway, I'm just gonna go on ahead and lead things off. I'm going to consume the shit out of this. Cleveland, you've produced a world championship basketball team, and you have also produced a world championship beer. I fully enjoy this uh, Edmund Fitzgerald Porter. This is my first time venturing outside of my Christmas ale comfort zone when it comes to Great Lakes. It will not be the last, so consume Great Lakes Edmund Fitzgerald Porter. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) The gales of November came early for one Mike Merlon. Yep, I'm fucking sinking over here. (laughs) It's a a good beer. I'm going to consume it. Uh, Moving on. Let's go consume it or can it. You think Cleveland wins another championship within the next 52 52 years? years. Oh, that's such a tough one. I'd like to think that they've excised the demons and that they're going to win a couple more. You know what, though? I I don't know. You know, nobody can really know whether or not it's going to happen, but I would like to think that within 52 years, they're going to nail something else down. As long as LeBron's in Cleveland, they've always got a shot. As as far as basketball, he gives you a puncher's chance no matter what. So I'll go ahead and say yes. I'll consume the fact that they won't have to wait another 52 years for a title. I couldn't tell you what sport. I'm guessing it won't be the Browns. But (laughs) they will have another championship parade in Cleveland. I agree. I'm going to consume it as well. I think that uh, with LeBron on the Cavs, you got a chance next year to to have another parade. Absolutely. There's a, a definitely a chance for it. I think the Indians are on the right track. Terry Francona has that organization playing really well. Tito. They're playing above their heads right now. I mean, they're in first place currently. Nobody expected that team to be where they are right now. So I would say the Indians have a chance. And I'll even say that the Browns, now that they've hired Hugh Jackson, they got a shot too. I know it's going to take some time. It, but if, I think if they give Hugh Jackson some time, I think he's going to be a phenomenal coach and could make the Browns a winner in the near distant future. So I would say consume it. Cleveland does have another championship in them within the next 52 years. And we're going to consume all of these sports memories, both Hell good yeah. and bad. Consume God, the you shit guys gave out of us that. such awesome shit. We can't so thank good. you enough and mentioned enough that we appreciate your contributions to the show. Yep. Even the smart-ass answers, some of which we didn't get to read, they're all good. Dude, there were some really good smart-ass answers. <laughs> there were. There were some great smart-ass Dodge answers. Dodgeball references. Dodgeball references. I mean, we had a couple smart-ass answers that we talked about, but there yeah. could have been more. And you know what? I like the smart-ass answers. I say we do more of those. So do I. Let's hit those up next time through. Uh, but... I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Craft Brewed Sports. Uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter at Mike Berlon. You can hit Scott up at Scotty K underscore junior. Underscore. Follow the show at Craft B Sports on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook at Craft Brewed Sports. If you got anything you want us to talk about, you got any beers you want us to drink, hit us up, craftbrewedsports at gmail.com. Your team does not have to win a championship for nope. us to we try will your drink beer. The shit out of your beer. Uh, <laughs> I will fly it in from another state as I've already shown on this show. I don't give a shit. Uh, So thank you guys for listening. Please make sure you rate the show, review it, share it with your friends. Let's make this motherfucker take off.
We out. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com.